This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. Happy holidays, and welcome to a very festive episode of Off the Break Podcast. Kyle decked out the studio today with his Charlie Brown Christmas tree and seahawks santa claus hat <laughs> he is killing it today uh, just I, bringing yeah. the bringing the holiday spirit i like it last day in the office last day in the studio for the year i fear we might as well try and go out festive i probably should have sent you guys the notice yes <laughs> that's uh, on me well i was like oh no, we're doing podcasts no. i'll try to wear a christmasy that's, sweater that's only fair kyle for all the times <laughs> cody has sprung things on you <laughs> yeah. as far as themes for the podcast and only fair for the times that i'm like i'm just gonna go off on a tangent here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You actually did try to do something beneficial to the podcast <laughs> versus Cody and I were like, let's mix it up. Yeah. I want to wear hats today. It's weird that we're in reversal roles this time. This usually doesn't happen, but no. I took the initiative, everybody. Yeah. Be proud of me. And I'm just proud Kyle showed up because it's 15 below zero right now. And dropping. And dropping. So You can't spell initiative without K-Y-L-E. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If you take away some letters and add a K. And... Right. It's a good saying. Yeah. It's a good quote. <laughs> so, yeah, we um, have Christmas sweaters, Christmas hats, Charlie Brown tree. I think we're ready to go for this episode. We are. This will be the last episode of 2022. What a year it's been. Oh, my gosh. I know. We should probably do a New Year's Eve episode, but I'm thinking, hey, let's just stay home. <laughs> I agree. Let's end, end this now well, on a good note with well, we Avatar have, having opened. We're not getting new trailers. The trailers are all out for the new release right. films. Mm-hmm. We're not getting new films next week nope. because everything's holding over and continuing through the holidays. What are we going to add other than, yeah, that was fun. That was a fun year. <laughs> so let's just make this our year wrap-up episode, go right. over what uh, a lot of people assumed was going to be the biggest movie of the year that got released with Avatar. Yeah, a lot of people assumed. <laughs> biggest movie was, opening ever. 250. I think the $250 million was our goal, wasn't it? Uh, his goal, yeah. yeah, domestically. Yeah. And that was a yeah, a pretty lofty goal. And then I got ridiculed for saying it's a little high. I, love, I, I, uh, I like the eagerness from Ken, though. I love our industry, Cody. <laughs> I, I, love I love it too. I love our industry. I love our country. God bless movie theaters. God bless America. <laughs> Sound like someone who's seen Top Gun. <laughs> oh, has uh, someone here not seen Top Gun? We'll, we'll get, get into that later. <laughs> well, let's let's talk Avatar. We had a hundred thirty-four million dollar opening, which was still huge and very much in the range of all the big openings we've had this year it I think. beat minions <gasps> yeah yeah and what? that was a big deal for us remember <laughs> as we were geared up with we thought minions was going to be the biggest film of for the whole year i thought yeah. it was going to be the biggest yeah. opening biggest movie because we hadn't had a kids movie and minions are so good and it was big it was mm-hmm. turned out that i think at this point top gun so far has has unseated it as the biggest movie of the year. Yeah, unseated easily. it. It came out before it, so yeah. it it had a leg. It was seated. Right. It was seated. It was seated at number one. And Claws then, in the ground. It was seated in the jet. Then the yeah. minions Took come off. up, and then yeah, Tom Cruise at the afterburners. Right, flicked them off. Goodbye, minions. <laughs> so um, yeah, all the big openings. What you think, like Doctor Strange, Thor, Jurassic World? They were all in the one thirty to one eighty range. Mm. So it was. I can see why industry projections were in the 175 range. So they were hoping for that higher end Marvel 
high opening. So the Black Panther, the Doctor Strange, the Thor, that that sort of high end opening. Has the Disney marketing money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it came a little short, but I think, you know, those films had sequels and things that pr- had momentum and they had other films that came out, I don't know, in the last like five to 10 years. So mm-hmm. that uh, it was fresher in audiences mind. This one was almost more like the Top Gun original opening. So a little on the 130 side, which makes a lot of sense. It's been a really long time. You're almost reintroducing it to a whole new generation of audience goers. So it may, it, I think it makes perfect sense where it opened. Yeah, what matters now is seeing the drop-off this mm-hmm. coming weekend. If we see a drop-off similar to Top Guns, which I believe was 50% or less, right? if we can get to that, which I'm kind of feeling a little confident about now after seeing the movie, uh, I think we're going to be in good hands for the next four weeks. And it's still, I wouldn't say it's going to make $2 billion worldwide. It's not going to break those types of mm-hmm. records. But it never maybe was it could, either. Maybe it could keep up with Top Gun, though. Yeah, and that and Top Gun maybe maybe even uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, I mean it, there's really no competition for it in January. It really, it's gonna be how Black Panther is held on these five weeks because there's just been no competition. Yeah, so it does have a huge runway to make some to make some money as long as there's nothing it like essential in the movie that drops audiences' interest in it, which it doesn't sound like there is. And we're getting yeah. some, you know disheartening news on print counts from film companies and things like that right. for early February. And so there's this idea that this is going to have a, a real runway. At least in the big Like complexes. the runway in Fast and Furious 7. <laughs> like the world's largest runway. Right, right, right. Times 10. <laughs> uh, so this 134 million opening number, I wouldn't be too disheartened by it. I'm sure a lot of the theaters that are listening right now had terrific attendance. Um because yeah. it's very possible that the long run of this is going to be what matters the most than anything. Right. And it, that's always what's mattered for industry anyway. Yes. Yeah. I think that, you know, what I saw over the cir- over circuit was that there were really strong areas and then there were kind of soft areas. And I don't know if weather had to play a role in that, if the number of show times had to play a role in it, or if people were waiting for Christmas. You know, there there is a possibility that... They're just waiting till break, till kids are out of school, till they have they can take the whole family. So, well, you have to commit a whole day to this. It's yeah. not a no. It's a big commitment. <laughs> oh, it takes your whole day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a. Uh... I took a pillow and slept the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> I know we were joking about trying to sneak out for the menu or puss in boots, and that's like a two-hour commitment in and out. Done. Yeah, your kids will notice you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on avatar you will, yes, they will have changed i don't know it depends on what you look we, older yeah <laughs> it depends on what we put on the tv there i i wouldn't be surprised if we get the right program if they don't notice we're gone for three they hours. have their uh show to binge you guys are gone right. for here's, here's a three nin- hours come the, back nothing's changed here's a nintendo just throw it down and run right no <laughs> like a switch here we just got you your own switches Go. Yeah. like a bomb <laughs> no they're they're good they're at the age now where they can take care of themselves so even if they have to have a, a potty break or need a snack they still probably wouldn't notice we're not there but they're, but they're boys so they don't notice a lot yeah that's true <laughs> yeah right. yeah i get away with a lot well kyle i'm reading directly off your script now yeah i'm ready for your avatar review does it slap it slaps <laughs> <laughs> That's an industry. That's an industry term that for s- it's pretty cool. Is that the same as it? Is it fire? Is it lit? Yeah. <laughs> Does it 
Does it crush? <laughs> it's pretty dope, man. Do you just put that in there to see if we pay attention to your screen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're paying attention, Kyle. You guys know me well. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it gave us a good laugh, so there you go. Yeah. I was kind of hoping slap was like a four-letter word, like an actual four-letter word that I couldn't <laughs> say on the air. So Kyle had to edit out. Slap, slap, This slap. is a family-friendly show. <laughs> uh, bet your, you bet your ass it is. <laughs> Yeah. Fine, fine, fine. Slap, slap, slap. <laughs> Gross, Kyle. All right. So give us the uh, bullet points on Avatar. Yeah. The Way of Water. It's going to be a similar experience to what the first one was to where you're just going to be blown away by all the visual elements going into this movie. Um, small moments, you're going to be thinking, oh, there's CGI here. Oh, there's... You know, that's um, movement isn't quite right. That doesn't look realistic, but they're very small because the entire time in this three hour movie, you're just in it for the whole ride. You're in it um, for the spectacle of it all. You're in for the world and um, the new ideas and the new um, parts of Pandora that come into play with this sequel. And it just becomes a lot of fun, not because like they do world building or over explain everything but just because it just looks so visually stunning and looks so real that you can't help but not take your eyes off the screen and at the same time i would say that this one does a better job than the first movie did in making you care about characters not that this is the most emotionally deep movie or it has the most um like depth to its characters but it does a really good job at getting i would say the general population that goes to see a movie once or twice to be bought into uh, the family dynamics that came from Jake Sully's character and having us follow the kids more than we do Jake Sully, but we like them enough to where it works. So when you lead up to like the big climax and it's kind of up to the kids to be able to, um, you know, stop evil from coming to um, kill Jake Sully you're you're bought in and you're rooting for them the whole way through and there's a lot of really cool action in this movie as well especially in the climax of the movie um they do play around with high frame rate i'm not sure if for like a normal theater screen it looks terrific like sometimes it takes me out Mm -hmm. um especially in hand-to-hand combat stuff or in um action that isn't underwater underwater moments it's great for it but not for um other action beat moments but I can see that because underwater you imagine it because of the water everything every action slows it's down smoother. it moves differently it moves, exactly. it moves smoother so which, that makes sense which that's the impressive part of that mm-hmm. about this movie is just the incredible thought and detail that got put into this sequel like clearly <laughs> as much as i kind of wish we had these movies sooner it was very good that they kind of took the time mm-hmm. to not only make sure they up the game in terms of the technology that's used, but also just kind of up the game in the story too. I think James Cameron and his experiences with his family kind of helped make this story a bit better uh, than the first one did. And I think this one could be remembered a little bit more because of that reason. Mm -hmm. Although it seems like by the packed um, theater that I was in, people already were like pretty much remembering the movie anyway. Uh, Not, not, not like all the, intricate story details of it all but just like remembering that was a really cool moment in time and i want to see this again i want that moment in time again 
Nice. Yeah, I've always been leery of the high frame rate because mm-hmm. what we've seen so far in normal in in normal scenes and even normal action, it gets you too close. It it lifts that veil that descends in a movie that allows yeah. you to escape your reality and and it, it makes it too real so that you think that oh these are just people in costumes or this is just yeah this feel this does not feel right like you need that i don't know how to explain it but i would i always think of it as like this kind of misty veil that goes down that's like okay this this feels different but right underwater right. that totally makes sense like that that might be, might be a time and a place kind of situation no i i definitely would agree with that um and and even still, um, I think most audiences aren't really gonna think too much about that. Probably unlike not. me, who you know watches <laughs> yeah. quite a few more did movies you, than most people do. Did you ever see the high frame rate for The Hobbit? Mm-hmm. And that's that always will stick in my head because that was my first experience with high frame rate. Yeah, and you could tell that they had fake feet. It was like it was just too realistic. There wasn't enough. To blending that veil wasn't there enough to like blend in and i was like these are just people in costumes like this is weird this feels weird now right right and i'm sure that's the all what i always come back to and i'm sure it'll get better over time and i'm sure james cameron does a better job with it right but yeah that is always going to be imprinted in me as like watching those fake f- <laughs> plastic feet be like bum, bum, bum. <laughs> my question for you is they built this whole franchise on Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana, <laughs> who were in the middle of this meteoric rise, and uh, I would say and more then, for Sam, but uh, Sam Worthington, but yeah, at the time, at the time, she yeah. was building up, but she's got right. Star Wars and Marvel, and I mean, she's a much was a much she's bigger Star movie. Wars, not Star Wars, Star, Star Trek. Trek, yeah, yeah. she had Around Star the Trek, time. and then she same, had Guardians, same garbage. Okay, it's anyway, not the same garbage. Don't you ever say <laughs> anyway. that. Star Trek. Anyway, these two are the ones that they're building this amazing thing with. And then they haven't really been around a lot. <laughs> Just looking. <laughs> Sam Worthington's last movie that played in a major amount of theaters was The Shack in 2017. Right. You know, it's it's kind of hard well, when, when you, you go through alcoholism that, so. and some issue, and mental oh, health issues. I did not realize that about him. But you yeah. go over this major stretch and you're building. I know James Cameron was planning on like every five years building these right. movies and that didn't happen. But then there's the the story now that Matt Damon was out there and turned down Avatar and turned down a quarter of a billion dollars. He was going to get a 10% back end. Correct, correct. And he loves saying that story. And James Cameron got pissed. It Mm -hmm. was like, you know, like, yeah, he can be in it again. He's not going to get 10% back end anymore. (laughs) It's a great great story because he's jovial about it because he's had a good life regardless. He's made his money. He's okay. But it's it's a funny it's one of those funny Hollywood stories like I missed out on this part to Harrison Ford and yeah you know it's one of those kind of things that we buy into. But do you think if it was this legendary actor that crossed across decades that mm-hmm. that would have made a difference for this film because to like be remembered more? I mean, for the grossing, for the I don't think remembrance so. for anything because you they're... don't see the actor. They're blue. They're the Navi. They're blue. Like you barely see. You don't see Ant- I mean, Antonio Banderas in Puss in Boots. I forgot what? Kate. I forgot Kate Winslet was in this movie until after <laughs> I watched what it. What about so, yeah, like Sigourney Weaver? Do you hear Sigourney her? Sigourney Weaver, you know, because it's her voice. Well, it it's her voice, like but her. it's a younger character at the same yeah. time. Okay. Um, she does a great job, though. Like I was very impressed. Um, 
Yeah. Just Kyle. just making that work. I know she's a great actress, obviously. Yeah, yeah Kyle. Come yeah, on. I know. She's I been know. a great actress for like five decades now. <laughs> of course she could of course she could play a child. What am I talking yeah. about? What are we doing here? Um, but I, I don't think that hurts these movies now because clearly at least to me, it seems like they're going in the direction of growing up with the kids and seeing the story unfold through their eyes mm-hmm. while um Zoe Saldana and Sam Worthington's characters kind of take a backseat. Um and I don't think that's gonna be a problem. I I think that still is gonna make the movies work. Well now depending on how long the next movie I was gonna comes say out, if we have another thirteen years between the next one. Yeah, so maybe gonna... something <laughs> my, will change with that anyway. Grand kids will love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear their thoughts. Uh but yeah, I, I don't think this movie these movies need to be star driven necessarily and at this point in the industry that's not really a given in making a successful movie anyway no yeah it's more about the franchise Mm -hmm. than it is about who's in it yeah yeah unless your franchise unless you're dc characters and you're getting canned right now (laughs) there's there's some some upset hearts out there marvel took a lot of unknowns and they're rebuilding their franchise based on unknowns Mm -hmm. i mean Simu Lu is not a known quantity. Nope. <laughs> no, no that's think, true. I don't even think Benedict Cumberbatch is a known quantity, really. Probably not. Uh, just for the particular genre roles, but not yeah. for his whole yeah. filmography. Mm-hmm. He's probably Those most, are the differences. Most known for Grinch. He's probably most known as the dragon <laughs> or Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, Grinch is or, like fourth or fifth. No, I'm going to go Having his name rhyme with Honky Tonk Pumpkin Patch. Yeah. That's probably, or being an otter. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what he's most known for. All right. Well, let's, now that okay. we're done talking serious. Yeah. <laughs> let's Anyway, get... Avatar rules. I'm happy this movie exists. I can't <laughs> believe I'm saying that, but it was pretty fun. All right. Well, let's get into Cody. We asked everybody to make a list of their three favorite movies of 2022. Right. Of the ones Cody decided to make multiple lists. So we're going <laughs> to let her, so we're gonna let her go first with the three favorites. Then Kyle and I, and then we'll go into her yeah, so, addendum. <laughs> so I made a list of my top three favorites, and then the three ones that I did not like from the year, and then the ten that I missed that I wish I would have saw. So um, I thought my top three, um, should we just say one at a time or all at once? Well, you go three, two, one. All right. Number three, <laughs> they, see how they run. Not a surprise. Yeah, okay. I really <laughs> enjoyed movie. that one. Yeah. Number two, Lost City. Yes, from I, February. Not yes, a, not a I know. I totally enjoyed Daniel Radcliffe as the villain. Like, yeah, that to me was my favorite. That um, movie's cute. We need more rom coms. And and yeah. Brad Pitt with the cameo. Yeah. And Tatum returns and Bullet Train as the cameo. Yeah, no, that was all good. <laughs> and then um, my number one film is Violent Night. I just so enjoyed that movie so so much, and I think it mi- it mixes the violence, which every once in a while I really really want. Uh, like a la Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and but it, all the holiday spirit I just loved how it did that it was able to yeah. successfully accomplish that so, could be a new Christmas classic <laughs> yeah so those are my those are my top three I like it probably not <laughs> <laughs> my number three number three film was The Northman yes uh, and I'm saying this just because of the straight 10 minute single shot in the middle of the movie so good like <laughs> <laughs> climbing the castle walls and just trashing people like 
it was Robert Eggers with money and ambition. Yes. And then I felt like after that, he's like, I just got to make a big budget movie. But, I, that, but that scene was the best scene of 2022 for me. Yes, I agree. <laughs> That's like one of the ones I think about the most too. Yeah. Number two, Bullet Train. Yeah. It was, I like it. It was fun. It was interesting. It had a great cast. It that, just held your attention for two hours. Good movie care. in August to have. Yeah. 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 Solid August. I mean, the best of what we had in August. Mm-hmm. And then number one. I'm here for the hot take. It was the bad guys. I almost put that on my list. <laughs> I remember <too>. you <laughs> raving about. I was the bad very guys. high on this movie. <laughs> my, my kids really like it, but I mean, for animated fair, it was there was nothing about it that was cookie cutter. No, it could have been. Yeah, it very much could have been, and it wasn't. Surprises so, you with that um, emotional beat? I would take it. It was just. It was just kept. It was you, fun. It entertained. There was no yeah. like. This is the, I mean, it's called the the bad guys, but this is the good guy. This is the bad mm. guy. Everybody plays their part. Right. Then they find that they're friends at the end and everybody's happy. <laughs> it was different than that. So that was nice. Right, right. Uh, okay, well, my three, I'm going to start off with one that you guys will highly disagree on with Nope. Oh, I think Kyle. Nope was a blast in the theater. <laughs> it is... Such a good movie. Jordan Peele was able to make his uh, space race alien blockbuster similar to what Spielberg has been able to do. And he still is able to like keep you on your toes on you know what he's trying to say. But at the same time, I think it's one a movie that doesn't need to be like thinking about it too much. You're still able to like take in the spectacle of trying to film this mysterious um alien in the sky and i had a blast with it i keep thinking about it i think if i watched a cut without the chimpanzee i would agree with you okay i'll take it i'll i'll take that oh my god okay keep going like that i just needed that recognition that's all i needed uh number two is everything everywhere all at once uh i think this was a movie that really shows that the theater experience does matter even for um, movies that aren't just blockbuster um, superhero um, types of movies. But at the same time, the movie does a great job of giving like emotional character arcs is able to have fun with itself in the present um, or with its premise, excuse me. And it has many, many scenes to where I keep looking back on fondly and appreciating uh, my time in the theater, being able to watch it and take it all in. Uh, very creative movie. Hope more people get to see it and hope it wins some awards too. Like it, it, it's really deserving of it. I think that was one that was so helped by theatrical too because it really increased word of mouth and it just kept coming and growing. And yeah. those are those surprises that we like to see come yeah. out of every year. And I hope that means more pick. people take more chances on um, movies similar to the size that everything everywhere all at once was yeah i mean a24's biggest movie of all time 70 million dollar box office which is probably 10 times what they expected right yeah (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) which is just awesome yeah had a good story um not just in the movie but just when it comes to the theater um industry as well and speaking of the theater industry number one has to be top gun maverick for me (laughs) is it a story that stands the test of time no but (laughs) You know what? It's, Neither was it's, Avatar and kind of like that too. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but but that's the thing that I kind of took away from this year is that we can have like blockbusters that 
if they take the time and they have a lot of care that they could really make a difference for people going to the theater and having like the best experiences with them. And you don't need to build on like a 10 year franchise with films down the road. It can just be a one-off experience. It's really good. Yeah. And Top Gun Maverick, while, you know, it does have the first movie, I really think a lot of people did come into this movie blind and appreciate it for what it did. Um, And I hope that more studios take away from Maverick and not think that, Oh, what other, 80s movies need to have this big spectacle event. Like, right. no, you need to think about uh, the the practical effects of it all, treating, like, the script with at least a little bit of decent care, really thinking about the type of story you're trying to tell, and take those lessons and don't think about, um, like, other reasons of why and, Maverick worked. And make the films. The, the, the great thing about Top Gun that they did was that they included diversity, but mm-hmm. they didn't throw it speak in your about face. It. They didn't speak about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just, it, it was, was what... it was just out there. Yeah. And there's pilots in the the navy are different colors and different sure. sexes and it's like this is crazy. No, no, they're pilots. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just, people it's are what di- they do. people are different. Yeah. We don't need to sit and put it on a pedestal especially in you know, in the in the world that we live in. Let's just mm. acknowledge it and move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a movie that knows how to acknowledge things in the right ways and just leaves it for what it is but it focuses on the story that it needs to tell and gives us the experience that needs to be had in a movie theater and uh, i was just really appreciative of all the hard work that went into it and hope like i said hope more studios can take away from that and see that movie theaters still matter and those experiences matter it's so funny that this is the one that worked out and like blew the doors off the industry yeah because they've done this with rambos and rockies i mean yeah the 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 creeds are good but they never did a billion (laughs) dollars you know they did this with every predator every terminator Mm -hmm. they've done these so many times and they've never hit like this for some reason just all about timing and content like you just that's what's crazy about our industry you you cannot guess you have no idea like if they could predict we would have such a different industry but it is so completely unpredictable yeah absolutely it's awesome no i think what i like more is all of our lists were different like we all fit our personalities all the lists were different and that just shows how movies fit different people at different times and we all had a great experience yeah definitely and i think this year was also sorry ken no you're good you're good um i think this year just had like a surprisingly good variety i wouldn't say that we had a lot of movies because i was comparing like my watch list to last year's watch list and there's about like a 20 chunk difference oh, between the two. Yeah. But I do think that there were a lot of gems to be had, whether it was, you know, blockbusters like Nope or Top Gun Maverick or even small stuff like See How They Run or Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, there was a lot of surprises to be had this year, mm-hmm. despite all the ups and downs that kind of went through this year. There was also a lot of bad ones. Bad sure. ones this year, Kyle. <laughs> Do you want to know my top three bad ones that just make me mad thinking that I wasted my time on them? I am now. Okay. I got myself mentally prepared. Rip the band-aid off. All right. Number three, Strange World. That movie is so awful. Okay. Just in general on a story, so bad. Like what happened? It wasn't it. Like is it Disney animation or Pixar? What happened to them that they can't tell a good story? Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Number two nope <laughs> but it's like you were saying we all have different tastes and different we had tastes. our different lists but you're entirely oh. wrong and you're number one am i number one don't worry darling gosh i cannot 
That makes me so mad. I was so mad in the theater. I have never wanted to walk out of a movie more (laughs) in my life. And I will never do that. I will always see it through. I'm not proud or glad that I saw it through to the end. It just made me more mad. But that's fine. I feel like that was an issue with the technical execution of the characters more than quality or anything like that. Like there was nothing in it that offended me. It was just like, I just felt the characters were bad characters, (laughs) bad developed, bad developed characters. I still don't know why I went out on the other end of that movie. I, I didn't mind it. I I enjoyed it. I don't know. You're desensitized (laughs) to bad stuff. Apparently. Maybe. Well, (laughs) I don't know. There's been some, there's been some stinkers that I don't want to ever look back on, but yep. uh, yeah, Co- just weird. Yeah, Cody encouraged me to make a list too. So number three was <laughs> Easter Sunday, which I can't believe was not on your list. Oh, you I know. You actually shut this off. That is true. <laughs> well, well, I didn't get to see it in theaters because it wasn't in theaters long enough. So we rented it, and it was I it was hard. I've I tried to shut it off, and then I just fast-forwarded it so I could see through the end. Number two for me was Don't Worry Darling because I had to listen to Cody complain about it. Fair enough. <laughs> I ruined it for everybody. And number one. Oh God, I know what your number one is. The Batman. No. <laughs> and that almost made my top three. I almost I almost thought about putting Nope so, and The Batman on my so three and two just to boring. annoy you guys. But so slow. It's so funny. It's that, so good. That you like those and they made our worst list. We're like, oh, we were tortured <laughs> by these movies. All right, Cody, what's your last? I don't understand. Your... Do you have, wait, hold on. Before we go, Kyle, do you have any bad stinkers that you, from this year that you were like, want to add a list to? Um, Can you think of any off the top of your head that you were like, Not oh. off the top of my head because I tried to not remember those. But <laughs> I could look real quick while you come up yeah. with your final What's discussing final point. List? My final list. These were the films that I didn't get to see in theaters and I haven't rented that I really want to see at some point. Or maybe I don't really want to see, but I probably should have seen as part of my job. Holy cow, that's a list. <laughs> so number 10, I'll just go from the bottom. The Invitation. I know it was so bad, <laughs> but I like a vampire movie. And so I've been waiting <laughs> to rent this and it's finally like time. I just don't want to watch it around the holidays. But forever, it was like a $20 rental. And I, I'm not spending $20 on this. If I couldn't do an, like a $13 movie ticket, I'm not going to spend $20 on it. Then number nine was Miss Harris Goes to Paris. I thought that was so cute. It just never came a good time to go see it, but that one looked really cute. Number eight, I really don't care to see, but I feel like I should. Ticket to Paradise. Oh, I'm surprised that that made your list. Yeah, (laughs) like I should see it because it actually did some business, and I was surprised by how many people are like, Julia Roberts, George Clooney, I've got to see this movie. I'm like, but they're so old. I don't care about them. And the people going to see them can relate. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, it's perfect. I feel like that one was like, mm, I should see it. Um, I wish it did about Lost City numbers. I don't think it quite made that. No, not even close. I, yeah. Because I don't think it's as good. No, Probably not. Because but, it was right. a bad time of year. No. Because I don't think it's as good. But number seven, the menu. I really actually do want to see this. That's and I my just, personal top ten. Yeah. yeah. I just... I hear such good things about it. More like it's disturbing, but I think you'll really like it. Like mm-hmm. there's something weird about that. So I just really want to see that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been trying to sneak out, but this end of the year has gotten so busy with trying to wrap up work stuff and just some things that have come up that I just wasn't able to sneak out to go see that one. But right. that's definitely on my list. Um, number six, Elvis. I really 
after watch after watching and hearing Baz Luhrmann talk at CinemaCon, I have just been so interested in this movie only because I think he made it more interesting for me. Yeah, his directing helps. Well, and his enthusiasm and how he talked about what he went through to make it and stuff, I do really want to see it. Do I care about Elvis? Not really, but I think the guy that they got to play Elvis did a really good job and I want to see him his performance. Yes, yeah, he does great. Uh, number five, Black Panther 2. <laughs> I should probably see that. Yeah, that's kind of a big one. That's that one's kind a big of, deal. Kind of a big one. Kind of a big deal. I just, I don't know. Just ha- hasn't, I'm not excited about it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I probably should see it, but I haven't. Are you doing okay? Number, yeah. <laughs> number four, Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> Although... I didn't you see don't, Fallen Kingdom. You don't need to watch it. And I probably should see it but to see how it wraps up. But I really could care less about Chris Pratt it, and that character and I any of that. I don't know that. that it wraps up. It starts. It has a middle with dinosaurs attacking people and then it ends. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it gener- necessarily wraps up having seen it. I, it, it doesn't <laughs> feel like a conclusion. I don't know. It's it, that's it's it, it, You'd be fine. <laughs> I'd be fine skipping that one. Okay, then number three, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Another, you're, uh, it's, it's you know, fine. I, this one makes me sad because I actually really liked the first Doctor Strange a lot. In, yeah. f- in fact, it's one of the ones I've actually gone back to the most on a rewatch mm. basis mm. out of the Marvel Universe. And so I'm sad that this one just got so weird and I'm so over the multiverse thing that it kept me from really wanting to visit this. Number two, and I, I think I will see this one. I just haven't found time. Uncharted. It's on Netflix. I know. I know. I should. There's no excuse. It there's no excuse cost now. It doesn't anything. But it just, it's, it's just finding the two hours or so to be like, I'm ready. I'm prepared for this. Sure. <laughs> sure. You'll have a fun time with I've it. I've just been wanting to that watch good one. British Baking and Sister Wives in my free time. <laughs> and the number one film... I hate to say this, that I really should see, and I should have seen it in a theater. Top Gun Maverick. Still, I feel like I'm the only one that's not seen it. You, Yeah, you mentioned to me before we recorded, and I was just shocked. <laughs> like, I thought at some point you did see it, and I just didn't remember. No. Would have glanced at yeah. it no. on the screen. No, I, I Would have re- acknowledged its existence. I did really good at the beginning of 2022. I hit, yeah. like, almost all the big films. Um. Like there was four or five. Yeah, there was four or five in a row that Ken and I snuck out when we went to. And then when it came around May and the start of summer, I didn't see anything. If you notice, a lot of my films start with Top Gun Maverick and it was like boom, boom, boom. All the summer films. The only ones I saw really was um, the ones for the kids, like Minions. Like Minions. Yeah. Yeah. Bad guys. Yeah. Minions, Lightyear, DC Super Pets. Yeah. I mean, we made sure (laughs) to... I forgot about those. Yeah. We made sure to (laughs) hit all the ones for the kids, but as far as once for us i didn't you know we just were again so busy that we didn't have time and now now the interest is kind of weighing a little bit but mm-hmm. i do i mean i heard from so many people that saw it multiple times that one is just how could you cody how could you not see that you film that saved the, our industry this you, year you would have loved it on the big screen oh my god it's so good the idea that this saved our industry and you didn't see it was funny <laughs> but that being said <laughs> Your your dad, who's also been in our industry for fifty years, yeah, went like multiple years without seeing any film. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like he was had, a, he was had... a booker that wouldn't go to the movies. <laughs> I mean, we saw, and I have to do the counting math on this, uh-huh. but he there was a point where he had gone like 
multiple years without seeing a film. Yeah. It was it was like an epic drought for any person. I know. <laughs> let alone somebody that's intimately involved with the industry. <laughs> I try not to follow on that, but I think as a film buyer, my issue is that I'm so forward thinking that I've I am already thinking like I've booked movies all the way into February of next year already. Like I'm so ahead and I've thought about these films so much and how they could potentially play that by the time they come out, I'm like, it's not new to me. It's not fresh. It's, and unless it hits something very personal for me, I'm just, it's hard for me to go rally the troops to go want to see it. Looking at like Jesus revolution in March. Uh, it's in February. It's in February, yeah. but we're already looking forward to that. Uh, as far as I've already, and, yeah, Knock yeah. at the Cabin. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot, a lot. All my January titles are already, for the most part, booked, except for like Missing. But I mean, it's just, yeah, I just, I'm already there. In my mind, that's where I'm at. I I could care less about Avatar. I'm like, oh, good, it made some money. On to the next thing. It opened, so, everyone has their everyone's keys and their films. Yeah, and then they're we're... happy. And now I'm on to, well, what are we going to put in that screen after Avatar? Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad this job hasn't made me hate movies. I don't hate them. Just, <laughs> I'm not saying you do. I, I'm not saying you do. I don't like it. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm, glad I'm not be, saying you do. I'm glad I haven't become you... an embittered old hag. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> wasn't what i was meaning but i do get very excited about films and there are some movies next year like knock at the cabin and stuff that i'm i'm not so excited for 80 for brady but i mean there are films that i'm like magic mike i didn't i didn't wasn't asking for another one but after seeing that trailer and how like perfect selma hayek is in that role i'm like i must see this i must see this again So I do get, and then once excited. it comes out, you move on to the next. I will. I will move She'll on to the just next. Just like the She'll wind. Never have seen it. Yeah. She'll never have seen it. I might see that one. <laughs> well, it depends. Depends how wide it's going. I don't know if I'll have an opportunity to. Mm. I hope Warner's rethinks that plan. Or we're going to give it some time. They come to their senses and they go wide with that film. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah. that's what this podcast is here for. We'll, right. uh, you know, try and keep you guys up to date of what's going on in the industry moving forward and. Hopefully, uh, you guys will continue listening to us, following us on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you, everyone, for a great year and rolling for another new new great one. Yeah, thank you for listening to us ramble on on the highs and lows of this industry and this year. Our ranting on good films, our ranting on bad films. Don't worry, darling. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for letting us vent to you guys. Um, That's basically what this is. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's just office conversations, but with an audience, and we love that. Mm-hmm. Ken, any final words? Don't see a therapist. Just come here with us and <laughs> commiserate. Don't yeah. see a professional doctor. <laughs> right. Don't pay money for that. Listen to us for free. Hey, no, we are two years post the start of the pandemic. Yeah. Our industry is back in a in a major way where we were told basically it was over. I mean, there were some people thinking our industry was over, but not us. We knew it would come back. Take that, people. We didn't know in what form it would come back, but we knew it'll survive in some form. No, and if if 2022 was this much better than 2021, 2023 is going to be even better. And we're going to continue to build on this this baseline. And and now we've got starts of, you know, this was the year that was supposed to be 2020. That was supposed to be the re-energizing of starting new franchises and right. world building creating these new um 
this new flow of, of content with new films, with a new Batman and a... <laughs> I mean, a new Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. And, well, it was going to be that where we're just starting over, but yeah, we've yeah. we've done it. We've started over, and now it's time to really capitalize on all these people being back in theaters. I think if I look back on the impact of 2022, I think you know before the pandemic, obviously 2022 is a result of post-pandemic decisions. But before that, you know, we were heading into an uncertain era. We didn't know what was going to happen with windowing. We didn't know how streaming was going to affect things. And we didn't know what the time frame of that was going to be. Was it going to be five years before we saw results or effects? Was it going to be two years? We just didn't know. There was just this cloud of uncertainty where everybody was trying to pick at like what we thought was going to happen i mean our when we first started the podcast that's what we dedicated a, a lot of our time to me you and eric we talked a lot about well, what do we think streaming is going to do and then the pandemic hits and you know we our industry goes down and we're like oh some people think it'll never recover how could it have you ever known an industry to completely shut down and then restart back up i mean it just it's just never happened before. And then in that time, though, we, all that uncertainty about streaming, about technology, it just accelerated and condensed. And so now we're living with the effects of that. But I think a, I think a silver line came out of it. I think because of that hastened effect, studios realized how much they need theaters. They realized what value showing your movie in a theater added to the overall downstream revenues. And I think, if anything... Not only did our industry come back, but it's legitimized and cemented the experience. And now and now I think that theaters can build back up on that. Now we've just got to work this next year on getting audience behavior back into the theater. Because I think the biggest outcome of the pandemic was people got out of the habit of going to movies. Now we got the studios on board with giving us product again. We need to get audiences back on board with the experience of it. And that's just what 2023 should be about. It should be creating that magic again for audiences. And I think we can do it. I think so, too. Couldn't have said it better. The slate's right for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's looking great for 2023. Yeah, I'm I'm pos- I'm optimistic and positive heading into the next year. As will we. As long as I don't get another, don't worry, darling. I'll be happy. No, there won't be a bad there movie There won't ever be again. any of those. <laughs> no, no. Not in 23. Don't worry, guys. Only good movies are coming this <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> Everything's so predictable in this industry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that'll wrap up our show. Again, thank you all for listening this year. Here's looking at 2023 and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.